0: On. This is episode 18 of the Marcus Talks What's The Point podcast. Uh, today's quite a special episode because uh, for the last couple of years, I've been doing these on my own and today I've got a guest with me um, and this this is someone that um, I know personally and uh, we have kind of found a level with each other that, I don't know, we've kind of expanded more than just your average friend, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we ca- we kind of go deep with our conversation. and, I, and I, th- I thought it might be really interesting to bring uh, you on today. So, everyone, this is Joe Singh. Joe, Joe is a drummer, and um, we basically work together uh, in the music industry. So, um, yeah, I thought it'd be really interesting for my listeners to hear a different perspective you know we haven't got to kind of put the world to rights today but like you know just getting another point of view another perspective and try and shed some light on some topics so uh yeah welcome
1: thanks (laughs) Thanks thanks for asking
0: me no problem um could you tell us a little bit about who you are and um maybe a bit about how, how your journey is so far.
1: Okay. Um, I like to talk, so my friends would laugh at him and say this, i try and get this concise. Um, who am I? Uh, I'm a photographer and a drummer. Um, so a creative, I guess you would say what you would say. Um, and it took me until my probably my mid 30s or early 30s to realize what i wanted to do with the career mm. and that was a creative role something with utility and autonomy something that connected me with people uh something that gave me a continuous sense of fulfillment as well as challenge and sitting in an office every day in front of a computer was that, that was never going to be the solution. So I started on a journey of, I was always interested in photography um, from a child. Uh, and then during my teenage years, I used to play my dad's, I think it was a Pentax SLR. And then in my twenties, uh, or late twenties, digital SLRs and digital cameras became more affordable. So I bought a camera and I went started on my journey. And being a musician, um, I was talking about this earlier actually, um, I was always at gigs, either playing or you know supporting in the audience. So I started bringing my camera uh, to photograph what I found so enjoyable and exciting. You know, the emotion, the connections, the vibrancy, the energy. Um, and it went on from there really. I wanted to develop that skill. Um, so I started taking more photos of more bands contacted more PR companies agents, artists to try and get access to gigs um, grew that did a lot of work did a lot of hard work, hard grafting unpaid, cost me money Mm. but gained experience uh, allowed me to hone my craft allowed me to understand I guess, more about what I was trying to do and why I was trying to do it, what drew me in, what excited me, what didn't work. Uh, and then through that, ended up working for a couple of festivals, which I now am house photographer at. Um, and again, that's about growing it's myself and my relationships with these people, gaining trust, being reliable, being professional, um, showing commitment. I think it's the thing that a lot of people forget, maybe young people now, that you have to commit and you have to show up, even when things might seem daunting or you might feel a bit overwhelmed. And sure, you have to try, you have to throw yourself in, you have to lean in. Brené Brown talks a lot about this. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that, and then out of that group, more corporate work, and then I set up a wedding photography business and I'm fast tracking. I am talking for ages, like I said. <laughs> uh, and anyway, it grew out of that, and then it got to a point where I was able to leave my job and work full time. And the music's always been alongside it. Yeah. But I needed to be able to apply myself to something that would give me a continuous income, uh-huh. and photography became it. But music's never left me, it sits alongside, mm. you know. Um, and I still work hard at that. I'm in three bands at the moment, so yeah. doing three gigs in a row. Is, is so
0: what what was it about this career that, um, like you said, kind of your early thirties, you kind of this is kind of when you maybe jumped, you know, feet first into it. Mm. What was it about the photography and the music that but what weren't you getting from your day job at the time and where yes. were you in your life then
1: yeah okay so um good question um so i've i guess my you know I'm, I'm 46 now i'm not married no children so my life has been about a sense of discovery and expression mm. and i always loved when i worked in an office I always loved talking to people and engaging with people about anything the more kind of honest and earnest and i guess in depth or open-hearted a conversation the better i don't really enjoy talking about cars and um you know material material things, things yeah you know, capitalism mm-hmm. um, and i found that the desk job you know most of the time you know i was required to just sit there and do the work and punch stuff into the computer there wasn't mm-hmm. some interaction I just felt bored and understimulated, And it was like, I can't spend the rest of my life doing this, Mm. Um, and there were people, I remember in my office, been there for 20 years, and they would say, it's nearly Friday, it's nearly weekend, thank goodness it's the end of the day. And I'm like, you can't live a life where you're only waiting and working for the weekend. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, our society in capitalism is set up Um, in such a way that you were predicated to feel that that's the right way to live mm. and the best way and the honourable way to live I was mm. talking to a friend last night who said really interestingly he's changed jobs he's loving it, he said I always thought if I wasn't ruined at the end of the day and miserable I hadn't done a good day's work mm. that that feeling of being worn out and and and, and you know. isn't that weird Yeah, isn't that, that weird that yeah. that's what we're kind of taught yes yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not I'm not subscribing to that Like, it's, yeah. I'm in charge so I have to make decisions and pick a path that feels right for me with a degree of risk but also a degree of accountability like I have to own this and take care of myself so
0: for for people listening today that are in that 9 to 5 mm. that are working like a cog in the machine and um you know, what what kind of what was it what was the pivotal moment for you to jump ship and to get out of that and to, to have the autonomy and do things on your own and you know, and was it was it something from your childhood about uh, photography and the passion, or was it just I need to get out of here and do something else?
1: I, I think you know? yes, I hear what you're saying. I think um stuff was Challenger for me when I was young um, I'd always been quite creative and I think that was at odds with what my parents hoped for me it, it carried with it a sense of concern about how I'd monetize that and make that work in the real world mm-hmm. Dad's very successful academically so he couldn't relate to a lot of things that I was interested in mm-hmm. um, and I had quite a critical upbringing um, you know, my parents did the best they can uh, they could um, and they're awesome people um, but... There was a lot of anxiety and worry and critique, which was what oppressive.
0: About what what you turned into?
1: Well, well, just about... There was a lot of things. It wasn't just what I wanted to pursue. It was about me as a person. I think I have a degree of ADHD, so focusing on things has always been quite hard, and I've had to find ways to manage that, especially running in my own business. Um, but my dad was a worrier, and he a lot passed that a lot on to me and he was he would meet worry and concern and anxiety with kind of aggressive and bullying you know Mm. he'd project that outwards Mm. so in terms of my voice and my developing my character it was that didn't feel a a a respectful place or an easy space to develop that Mm. so music became my way of expression so Falling with bands, listening to CDs, buying hundreds of CDs, exploring music, learning the drums at 14, going out and playing in bands, that became my expression. Mm. And it's where I felt I was able to grow myself. I mean, my mum said to me that when you start playing drums, you really, you became more into yourself. Mm. And it's where my confidence grew from and my sense of discovery grew from. So, in you know, in answering your question, I think been very important, important for me to continue to use those things as a way to explore, express, and challenge myself. Mm. And I'm grateful, I mean I'm not lucky because no one gave me anything, but I'm grateful that I'm now u- able to use one of those expressive mediums of photography to earn my money. You know? mm. But I have to work hard and I have to be take care of what I've manifested and brought into my life. Mm. You have to nurture that. So, yeah. So you mentioned um,
0: you mentioned your dad there being a bit of a worrier and mm. yes. um, projecting that, mm. um, and you I think you mentioned that he was aggressively projecting it as well. Well, um, yeah. So how emotionally? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think that kind of played its part in the makeup of you and like what did you take from that? Was it? Because obviously when we're kids, you know, our environment is kind of like, that's our school really, so, mm, yes. you, know, um, you know, if we see our parents acting in a certain way, Absolutely, you yeah. know, nine times out of ten, we kind of turn out like that sometimes. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, I
1: read a lot around this, this is the other thing I'm reading a lot about, neurology, neuroplasticity. Uh, had to balance yourself emotionally, self care, all those things in mental health, obviously, Mm I just started volunteering for training to work with the Children's Society. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're all about intervention and working with young people who are troubled. And the reason being is because I didn't feel I had any of that support when I was young. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just felt on my own. And the behavior that my father exhibited, and the struggles that he had, he wasn't working with, or dealing with, and meeting with. He was he was augmenting his reality and his environment, mm. so he felt calm and safe. Now, as in your relationship, in all our relationships, and particularly as parents, the more work we've done on ourselves to understand our neurosis and understand where uh, our challenges are, the more we can take care of that and and become the the best versions of ourselves and then be the best versions of ourselves for our children and for other people in relationships. This is why it's so important to work on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So you're not carrying that with you and you're not projecting onto other people. Yeah.
0: It's interesting that you said there um, that, like, something that I'm... The reason I'm doing this podcast and the reason I'm kind of going through... uh, uh, this journey really is because I needed it when I was a kid Yes, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and th- if I'd have looked hard enough when I was a kid I'd have probably found it but I didn't have the vocabulary there no, no. to articulate I no what I was feeling yeah you know
1: yes exactly I had no not. I just I spent most of my youth feeling you know this is trauma yeah. we're talking about yeah. and, and I've revisited it and it's and I you have to replay it We can't monumentalise it, uh, own it, um, accept it, all those things. But I spent a lot of my youth feeling scared, feeling anxious and unsure. Mm. But the space where I didn't feel that was with music and Mm. creatively.
0: So let's look at that side of you where you weren't in a creative space Mm. and you were just average Joe, normal day to day. Like, how did that fear and... Uh, lack of understanding of yourself how did that kind of project out into the world and...
1: um, I would look for, I would kind of outsource my emotional well-being uh, to peers and friends but particularly with romantic relationships mm. so when I was young, we're talking you know, early teens, I would fixate upon a girl at school mm. And in my head, it's like, I like that girl. Mm. If she could like me and we could be together, everything would be okay. Mm. I would be okay. It would prove that I have worth, I have value. Mm. Because someone loves me, someone likes me. Mm. But, you know, we're all at that age. You know, we're all trying to work stuff out. Um, We're going through a lot of changes. So my confidence in that area is always very low. Mm. So instead of being able to talk to and nurture a relationship I would just write these people letters I've never talked about this actually I'd write the letters (laughs) obsessively I mean obsessive Mm behaviour declaring my affections and my love but asking but in in that looking for affirmation yeah um
0: and then when when that yeah I was going to say when it when it didn't happen inevitably didn't didn't happen yeah (laughs) um you know, I mean, that it's 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 from a good place. Like you were obviously trying to express yourself in the only way you knew how. But when it didn't happen, then what 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 did? How did that feel?
1: Well, the rejection. Well, I I just I mean, I spent quite a lot of evenings being upset, crying, listening to sad music. I was very much, I guess, I played very much the victim. Mm. I'm the victim. Poor me. How's this gonna get better? No one's gonna love me. What's wrong with me? Mm. I mean that, that that phrase what's wrong with me is to come up a lot in therapy mm. um,
0: I think a lot of people ask that question as well yeah, I've yeah. I've been in in the depths of despair even a few months ago Yeah, I shouldn't be feeling like this
1: well there shouldn't yeah I mean, you that's know what I mean the, the, and like, yeah.
0: well of course you should yeah, yeah. <laughs> like allow it to happen and you know
1: yeah I was I mean I a relationship ended for me end of last towards the end of last year and it was It wasn't really what I wanted, but it's what needed to happen. And it was heartbreaking. And that pushed me into a space that the childlike came out, the rejection, not needed, not being heard, Mm. wanting to reconnect, wanting to make amends, wanting to be understood, wanting to be understood the other person. Mm. And I found myself sinking back into that. I was Mm. young Joe again. And there were things that I've learned in order to... You have to kind of sit with that emotion... But do work to move through it. Mm. You can't ignore it. Yeah, I I think in this kind of... uh,
0: This mental health space, there's a lot of... um, There's a lot of denial and suppression of these things that... Like what you've just described as like, you know, you need that validation. You need that, Mm. you know from from my understanding and my kind of uh, working in this area it's kind of well it's it's a normal thing because as humans we are tribal things you know we need a community around you do, you us. Need we to, need to, yes archetypal characters in our life um so there's you know there's on the one hand you've got to work on it you've got to you know um not be so needy quote unquote mm-hmm. Um, but then, on the other hand, there's kind of that innate need. Yes, well, it, as a human,
1: yeah. And there's a book I'm reading: uh, "The Body Keeps a Score." Uh, and in that, and in another book, they so talk about as human beings, we want to be held in the hearts and minds of people that are important to us. Mm. So that exactly that. I mean, I think the the way that we societies evolved, we become very insular uh, very segregated. Mm. When not too long ago, we lived in, in in a more communal way on our streets. Mm-hmm. Um, we would assist each other in our day-to-day needs and activities. You know, looking after each other's children, that sort of thing. We don't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. part of the reason that is, is, because you know, capitalism thrives when it, it 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 propagates the idea of fear. If you haven't got this or achieved that by you know on your own, sort of thing. So, yeah, there is, in terms of connecting with people, I mean, I I'm, I feel it's incredibly important for me to have that close network of lovely humans in my life, and I work hard at those relationships. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as I, as I continue to develop and get stronger, I understand what my boundaries are, and I work more on my childhood state, which is is... Your, your child needs in terms of what was insecure, what was unfulfilled, um, what was challenging, degrees of trauma when you're young that you carry with you with, as, a, as an adult mm-hmm. that can sometimes be triggered or turned on and can become a bit overwhelming. And then that will condition you and, and then have an influence on some of your decision-making. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, I kind of had a, a little bit of a revelation the other week about... Um, like talking about my depression and what it what it looked like to me um, and it was almost like uh, just like I had like a hard shell around me like I knew the little boy was still in there but I had this really aggressive uh, provocative exterior mm, yes. that was just yeah, yeah, projecting out like anger but yeah. I knew deep down I was still in there
1: well the vulnerability that's it yeah and it's you know there'll be a reason why you know when people in the, with the right people, that vulnerability connects us in a in a really honest, loving way. Mm-hmm. But the challenges of life and our early life experiences and the hardships that are in the world, you know, it, it requires us to to be tough, um, to not show our interior, to have a hard shell. But sometimes that shell can be too hard and too. You know in certain situations like if i'm if i'm shooting a wedding i need to be confident and engaged um and committed and trusted mm. this isn't a space for me to come talk about my vulnerabilities and what my challenges might be and my friends are struggling with this and mm. i had this dream last night this triggered that's the wrong space But it's important for me to have the friends that I can do that with, Mm -hmm. and I will do that with. And I've also developed that with my parents now, which I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: That's a really interesting point, because there's probably a lot of people that maybe are in that kind of wedding scenario 100% of the time. You know, they can't let their walls down because of the, the, the people that they've kind of built around them. Um, you know and there's probably people out there that are just desperate for a little bit of like I just
1: need to chat, yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but the, but it's it's also learned i mean you you, you practice that stuff, so it's it's survival you, your brain's designed to to protect you, it's not your friend, mm. so you're trying to survive um, and you can live in that heightened uh energized anxious state mm. um but that it's not a wholesome wholehearted spiritual way to live and it ultimately can make it can isolate you you can create the wrong friendships it's the wrong it's not might not be your true self Mm -hmm. and it can also make you unwell as well so talk to me about
0: that about anxiety and about the way like what you've just described i mean i i assume you're so self-aware because you've been through these things and you know you've learned about them and
1: i've been in tons of therapy as well yeah yeah you know um
0: because you know from 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 what i'm discovering about my mental health struggles and and what i've been through is like from very very early on when it first manifested itself um however however it came out whatever challenge i had there was always i was completely the victim yeah yes and yes. you know why is this happening to me yeah. why is my life not perfect why have i got to struggle like this yeah. you know and it's it's kind of like just swimming through sludge yes yeah know. absolutely
1: that's, that's I mean i used to say when i've struggled and i still do i may do yeah, same yeah. again it feels like i've got i'm wading through mud but i'm i'm at a point now where i'm
0: grateful for the challenges that i've had and you know, I think we need a we need a degree of that anxiety in life to move forward and grow. Because obviously, if if there was no emotion, absolutely, we'd just be like,
1: yeah. The the, the thing yeah. is, is like there's you know, you have days when things are great, you have days when things aren't as great, aren't great. Mm. It's the yin and yang, the black and white. Mm. Shades of grey. Life is shades of grey. It's not it's not on or off. It's not good or bad. it's Shades of grey, um, and it transitions back and forth. And the thing is, it's like I can't remember where I read this, but you know, a cloudy day isn't a cloudy day forever. Emotions and feelings and challenges are seasonal; they'll mm-hmm. come and go. Mm-hmm. And it's I think the important thing is is to is to ride that and have the tools available to you um, to deal when things are really challenging and, and down, mm-hmm. but not create an identity with that. In the same way when things are great and. and and soaring and amazing and everything's lining up, don't create too much of identity with that either Um, and why not, because because you because because then you you, I think it makes it harder for us to transition and ride the wave of change Mm.
0: so if that let's say I don't know, we kind of mentioned this earlier but let's say I'm a, a bus driver and I really pride myself on being a bus driver and that is who I am Mm. And I am the bus driver, and then my arms get chopped off in a horrific accident. Yeah. And I can no longer drive the bus, therefore, that identity of who I was mm. is no longer, and you know the world can come crashing down. yeah, so uh, yeah. so what is what is the kind of sweet spot with like identity and roles and stuff like that? Well, you
1: know here's an interesting so I just want to say as well. like when I'm, if i get if i have a day where i've had a great day with my friends good conversation with my parents good food then i get bookings come in i've been asked to do this loads of positive things i want in my life Mm. it can be really exciting but the 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 chemical release of my body is is a flood of adrenaline Mm. which can be as disruptive as the adrenaline you feel when you're anxious as well Mm. so regulating your emotions is really important and keeping a baseline, um, and knowing how to calm yourself, to regulate your body, to take care of yourself, mm. so you can meet all these different challenges. Mm. So sleep and nutrition is so important. Mm. I mean, I, I was, you know, and also meditation or, or a type of exercise that helps you calm your body. Like I was talking to someone, a drummer last night, amazing drummer, and I was so impressed with the way he applied his playing his technique that seems so loose but his, his, the application and the sound so tight and he said he does Tai Chi mm. and, and it all makes sense to me mm. the flow of that energy was that, sorry, what was your question? was that your question? Say, uh, how do you how, Where's the, the sweet spot? Yeah. The spot. Yeah. that really yeah. finding it, it, it's about regulate. it's about I mean, you know, there's a lot you can read about your, your nervous system and how the different parts of your nervous system kick in at different times to regulate your body. And how to manage that. So and, and build those tools inside you, both physically and neurologically. Because mm. the more you practice good behaviors and good thoughts, the easier they will become. Right. That's why bad habits are hard to break, because if if you have a bad habit, say you always go to bed late and then get up in the morning late and look at your phone social media and you know it's not good for you but you're so drawn to it it's because it's what you're used to mm-hmm. and also social media is a big draw anyway. so your brain carves it, it makes those neural pathways are embedded and they fire really easily if yeah. you want to create different ways of thinking that are healthier and serve you better you, you have to practice different ways of thinking and behaving and they will become easier um, and i think part of that is about learning how to regulate yourself mm. and make good healthy decisions so i probably
0: already know well i know, already know the answer to this because i kind of that's something i've really looked into myself like the uh, the trying to break those habits yes. and you, you know, know we i try to say every
1: day with yeah, you know, what do in the morning i
0: still i still fall foul of it yeah and yeah you probably do absolutely but yeah. for for the, the people that are listening now um, that are really struggling and, you know, they're, they're really engaged with what you're saying but there's a lot of words and there's a lot of... There is, yeah. You know, if, if it's someone new in this space and they just need... Like, what can someone do to break that habit?
1: Just, I think...
0: Is there like a a real... Do you have to have like a real want to change or can it just be a gradual, consistent...
1: I, I think you, you need to not... Burden, we, do, we need to not burden ourselves with reaching an end goal. Yeah. And... Uh, set our goals too high I mean that's 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 a good um, way to approach anything in life mm. you know work at it slowly with compassion and gently but mm. continuously and it'll get better it's so what you do when you learn an instrument you mm. have be patient because mm. be a, a lot of
0: the stuff in this society these days is like learn how to meditate in five days and yeah. you know there is an end goal always yes. and then when you don't get there you feel even shitter yeah, than you did failed and that yeah.
1: reinforces the idea that you couldn't do it in the first place that plays into our own experiences. Yeah.
0: so you lose that kind of end goal yes. mindset yeah, exactly. and just go easy on yourself yeah. and be
1: compassionate do a little, yeah compassionate yourself do a little bit at a time um, I mean the way the brain works if this is interesting to people like the more you repeat something as i said earlier the more the neural pathways it's, it um is it neurons that wire together fire together mm. so as the more you repeat something the more the brain then you pays attention mm. and will create more neurons to make that skill easier mm. so if you're practicing something i told us to the, the, the my drum mm. students doing 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day every day will give will progress you quicker than doing two hours once a week because if you do a little bit every day while you're asleep at night, your brain sets that to memory mm. and, it, and it means well this is, it recognises that's an important thing, let's focus on that and you're building on that slowly every day mm. you just do a one off and then nothing, your brain will go well obviously that wasn't that important because we haven't done it for a while yeah. so I think it's the same with good thinking and good behaviour, um, if there's things you want to change in your life um, and there's things that You, we all know that we could do better. Rather than burning ourselves with knowing where we want to be, Mm. just point in that direction Mm. and do a little thing every day. If it's say with food, right? People are eating; they know that diet could be improved. Just you know, every day, you might say, right, today I'm going to eat. I'm just gonna have one or two biscuits by tea Mm. instead of five or half a packet Mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, I'm going to have brown rice instead of white rice. Mm. Not, rather, I'm going to learn how to be a culinary master and master all my nutrition. Just so just
0: something that's just coming up for me while while you're talking there. Like, obviously, these are these are like tricking your behaviours, yeah, um, and tricking those neural pathways that have been there for so long because you keep doing that behaviour. Mm. Is it? I mean obviously that's going to kind of have an immediate effect on maybe your day-to-day and your mood gradually, consistently making small changes, but is it a good place to then also look at why that behaviour's there? Like why are you having all of that food instead of, like is there something deeper that's making you do that?
1: Well I mean I'm a big advocate of of self-help, of of therapy, of talking, talking to professional people, Um, I think one day I hope to be a type of therapist. I'm still working on what that might be and finding the time to start my study period on that. Mm. But yeah, I think that comes down to understanding yourself and knowing why... I mean, I have all my own behaviours and neurosis that's still in there. I'm just aware of where they come from and I'm learning stuff all the time. But it helps me. It's helped me talk to professionals to understand why i might think or feel or behave in a certain way that i know is upsetting for me it doesn't serve me that it makes that helps make sense to me mm-hmm. and then i can make friends with that be compassionate with that mm-hmm. so when i'm behaving in a certain way i'm like i'm probably feeling like this because of this that experience with the child or i know i always react to this don't want to react in that way mm-hmm. but i understand why i do so first of all it's fine that i do but what what little steps can I start to do to help with that behaviour? Mm. Um, and talking to people professionally can really, I mean, as I said, it's it's the best way to get an understanding. Um, but also, when I've struggled, and, I, and as I said, I did last year, and I'm sure I will again, the things that are really important to us day to day are good sleep, good food exercise mm. and those are physical things so rather than reshape the thinking put, put things in place so you go to bed at a reasonable time you get enough sleep and it's not always easy if you've got children and a night yes. shifts and that thing but just those small changes going for a walk going for a walk in the sun right when you're struggling can work wonders leave your phone at home go for a walk for 10 minutes and it's it's, it's a skill we, 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 all, we can all do most of us for lucky enough have access to go outside, and be in the sun. Mm-hmm. Go and do that. When it's not sunny, um, you can still go for a walk. Still enjoy nature. Mm-hmm. That that is grounding for us. Um, you need to give your, you need to give yourself opportunity and your brain and your nervous system opportunity to be calm to heal, mm-hmm. um, and that will give you the energy to start making bigger changes that will impact on your life in a more positive way. But yeah. it, it simply is that. I've got a friend who's. You know, I kind of been talking to him for years, and almost mentoring him in a certain way. He went through a challenging divorce, and we used to talk on the phone for hours. And I'd say, just get out, just five ten minute walk, mm. not about like stretching legs, marching up the Malvin's for an hour yeah, and a half, yeah. which is great. You can yeah. build up but just little little things. I can. I that... think.
0: Um, I mean, basically coming from the the point of view from someone that's struggling. Um, and I, I I actually get this quite a lot now now I've been doing this podcast I get a few messages where people are
1: oh that's great
0: desperate yeah. oh desperate yeah they're desperate I mean it's great that they're contacting and that, reaching like, out you know yeah
1: that really res- you know knowing that people are living in fear and desperate that's that I've, i I'm empathetic with that because I felt that way yeah there are solutions yeah there are solutions mm. you can feel better this isn't forever mm.
0: Um, so I think the point I was trying to get to was it was all, it almost seems like they need, and definitely for me, like I needed my hand holding yeah. to go it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think from the early stages of that of where I was to where I am now, Um, You know, I I don't need my hand holding so much because I've done it so many times, this process, that I've actually kind of almost built up my muscle inside myself or been my own sanctuary.
1: You've sharpened your tools, you have your tools. You know how to regulate yourself.
0: That hasn't happened overnight. No no that's no. that's me going through painful things yes to get to this point where i can now say like you've just openly said i'm probably going to struggle in the future yeah, yeah. same with me and i think that's that's a really important thing to point out because there's a lot of people out there that just want it all to stop yeah but lowering the noise of whatever it is that's noisy and
1: Chim, you know, that is exactly it, turning down the noise. Yeah. About it a lot. It's, it's. I mean,
0: not to be so kind of grim, but there's always, there's always a turd around the corner in life. There's always something that's going to happen. But being your own friend, yeah. being your own sanctuary. I am just going to say that, yeah. You know, it, it's so important not to rely on other people so much. I mean, we've mentioned friend groups and people that we can talk to and archetypal people in our lives. But... As much as we can, just rely on ourselves being that sanctuary. And also, I mentioned this in my last episode. Talking to myself every day has kind of—it's caused that relationship with myself, Mm. you know, because there's two of us.
1: Yeah, I used to, um, and still do, and still will, when it's necessary. Um, Imagine myself when I'm struggling. uh, I imagine my childhood. Self, my young self, he's scared. He's afraid, um, and at times terrified. That's mm-hmm. the word I've used. I would imagine my adult self, where I can't quite connect my adult self in that space, but I know that I'm going to be okay, and I know I'm safe, and I know I'm loved. I would imagine that version of myself holding and comforting that younger person version of myself. Mm-hmm. And that was a way for me to make friends with myself. Mm-hmm to accept and love myself um and to let my stronger version of myself nurture and care for the scared version of myself my child self mm-hmm. i once said to my therapist i spoke i sometimes feel like i'm running around in the room screaming and upset and she said to me and if there was a child doing that in the room, what would you do? And, and I said, "You go and comfort that child." She's like, "Exactly that." Yeah. About comforting yourself mm-hmm. and not berating yourself. Good, using good internal language. I used to use stuff that was said to me when I was young. "You're useless." Yeah. I used to use that phrase to myself when something didn't turn out I wanted, or I felt rejected, or I made a mistake. And I never use that at all. Yeah. Because it's not. It's not helpful and. I don't believe it either. Mm. Um, and it's amazing how horrible we can
0: be to ourselves. Oh, it's really, you know? yeah. um, I mean, like back when I was, like I mentioned earlier, with I, I kind of had that really hard, tough shell, but I always knew there was like a glimmer of something in me that was... Mm. From what I know now, like my inner child that just needed that comfort, you know, because I I'd kind of created this external uh, survival shell from my childhood and what I'd been through.
1: It's a way that you learn how to survive.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which obviously, you know, served me to some point because it I survived. Well, yeah, absolutely. <coughs> you can match yourself, you know, but. For that. For people that are listening right now, that maybe are quite sceptical, because I I was very sceptical of things. You know, I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at people saying that's how people are. But for people that are that are quite stuck in this uh, this narrative that they're useless and they're lost and they're no good and you know projecting it outwards as well and hating everything around them, like. What do you think is the kind of trick to notice that there is a small person inside you? And we, I'm not talking about, like, there is literally a living child no, inside you. Mean. But, you know, we are, we are that same soul as when we were kids.
1: Yeah. We're all born... I mean, we're born into this world wanting to connect, wanting to be loved, wanting to love. I mean, that's in us. Mm. It's what our, we experience as children that really shapes... Uh, the way our brain develops, the way our hearts develop, and the thickness of the armour that we'll put up around us, Mm -hmm. you know, as we get older. Um, But to answer your question, the first step is always just to engage and talk to people as Mm -hmm. openly and honestly as you can. Now, that is often about choosing the right people to engage with, because I think some people, they may have fostered relationships and, and created social groups, of other like-minded people who may not be able to step into that space or might not want to talk. That's where therapy is so good because it's a safe space to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it is also, it is about fostering some good relationships with the right people. I don't talk about this stuff with all my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them I do, mm-hmm. into different levels because some of them, don't they're not in that space and so I can't expect that of them. Yeah. They're adults. Yeah. I, I think it would be helpful if they explore that, but I'm not in charge of them. Mm. So, um, the people that I'm drawn to, and the reason that we've been connecting, talking, is beca- because I am drawn to people who are able to be vulnerable and 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 explore things, mm. and under- and know what the, the and understand and feel the value of growth, mm. and feel the pain and acknowledge the pain, but want something that's healthier for them Mm. and the other thing is is is, well when we're really struggling when there's difficult stuff you you are always learning things as well Mm. um there's something to take from that
0: i used to one of my kind of self-sabotage things was um i used to say that i wish i was stupid because i felt too aware and too like i was too aware of everything and it was detrimental to any kind of inner peace, hmm. you know, because
1: I Do used. Do you mean that, you were, you you found everything? You were sensitive to the, you were empathetic and sensitive to things around you. Could see the problems that people had, and you wanted to help them. Or
0: no, I because I was kind of in a in a victim mindset as well. Oh, yeah. um, it was just everything was loud, you know. I thought too much about crossing the the road, I thought too much about absolutely everything. And, you know, from what I know now, if I I knew how to regulate it at that moment in time, it's just curiosity and it's just, it's the reason why I'm sitting here today speaking openly to you, you know, this is how to manage it, you know. But when I was younger, I just, it was just out of control because... Mm. You know, I grew up in um, in a, a place where you'd probably say that people didn't talk like this. So yeah. to have a mind that wandered so far beyond the boundaries of where So I you're cursing
1: up. yourself for having that, yeah, exactly. that mind and that intrigue because it's like, well, this is crap and I'm overthinking and overanalyzing analyzing Yeah, why well, can't I
0: just get on with that because, you know, I don't know, my stepdad's just so straight down the line yeah. and never, never falters and... You know. well
1: then you know people can them, you, you can't suppress one emotion you, you know if you suppress one you're suppressing them all so it's a way of surviving and coping but you're not opening your heart and yourself to the world and all the opportunities it's a way of surviving but mm-hmm. it's not living wholeheartedly against something Buddy Brown talks about mm. so, it sounds like you wanted to do that yeah. but the the energy and the same with me the thoughts and the ideas were, were too much it's about and I think reading and talking to people and, and again talking to professional people can help compartmentalise some of that mm. give perspective and give you a sense of calmness mm. and acceptance but you have to pra- I mean I have to practice not overthinking stuff yeah I have to like, and the more I've done that the easier it gets mm. you know I've had to practice doing that As
0: I think a- I think for me the overthinking was you know it, now I use it for good I leverage it for good because yes. I still overthink but before it, it was de- so detrimental. You know, it made me project outwardly. It made me look at atrocities across the globe and yes. hate humans. And you know, it was very, very uh, toxic because I didn't have a cap on it. Mm. Whereas, um, and I don't really know what the pivotal moment was where I started. You know, using it for. For it's it's like it's good intention yes it has an
1: energy yeah. and it has a place. yeah
0: like there's no point in me trying to suppress that anymore because it is me
1: but you need to be but getting on making friends with it and learning how to when it serves you and when it does like i the energy and the creative stuff is really good for me if i'm writing a piece of music or playing with a band or editing a photo it isn't any good for me when I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or order off a menu. Yeah. Because the person I'm eating with is waiting for me to... So there's a time and a place. Mm. Um, but I think the more that we understand ourselves and accept ourselves, the easier that it can be to know and understand where that energy is and where it's manifested... Sorry, where it's... How and when and why it's created mm. and then shape it. You know, so do you think
0: do you think that's kind of the key is the acceptance? Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Giving it space because I speak to a lot of people that um, you know they come to me with struggles and they you know rightly so don't feel great about the things that they've been through mm. uh, because you know some of the things are downright horrible, but also. Um, one of the things that I try and teach them is just to give it, it space give it some space in your life because at the moment you know it's behind that wall because you've, you've blocked it in, it's behind that wall but it's the wall starts bulging out and yeah, yeah. you know it's coming for you and they yeah. can feel that energy but almost just giving whatever happened to you the space it needs yeah, to yeah. kind of you know have a bit more surface area and just go into a further distance away from you it's it, it it almost helps deal with uh you know what it is the challenge so
1: yeah i mean i am mean, I, um, journaling was something i started doing last year mm-hmm. just writing anything mm-hmm. and it's giving that space it's giving the thought space that's why talking is so good that's why making lists of things to do is so good because mm-hmm. if they're just in your head uh, it can see overwhelming when when it's on paper or you talk it out loud it's fleshed out it's it becomes more visceral, and you can see it more clearly mm-hmm. and therefore start to work with accepting it challenging the things in it that aren't good for you finding a way through it it's like a box is to say like if you got a box of Lego I used to have this as a child whole box of Lego all mixed up um, and you're looking at the pieces, you're trying to find something, mm-hmm. a piece of Lego. If you just spread all the Lego out, it's going to be messy, mm-hmm. right? But you'll be able to see everything more clearly and go, right, those are the pieces I need. Didn't know I had those pieces. Don't need those pieces. Like, to understand how I can use those pieces. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you need to see it all. And that, that can be a little messy, right? But... It will, it will allow you to see the, the fuller, bigger picture. So yeah. I think what you're saying about keeping things behind the walls or things locked down is a way of controlling it because it can seem overwhelming. Mm. And it can be. Mm. But in, the, in a safe space and gently, if you can look at things and bring the, bring troubles or concerns into your present, so that you can start putting, like with the Lego again, put the pieces into separate boxes mm. so they're more accessible when you need them mm. um, yeah it's, it's good metaphor really I've kind of heard
0: something similar recently where um, it was like your mind's kind of like a, like a dirty dusty room that you've got to yeah. go in and clean yeah um, but you know you'll always find like a dark corner where there's still some stuff oh, left yeah, and yeah. you've just got to keep going back and it and happens to
1: me I have dreams I'm like falling asleep something comes to me yeah yeah um, there always will be it's like you know the Lego might get messy again your house will get dusty again mm. give it a clean mm. you know we're talking a lot I mean this only a podcast is about mental health mm. um, and I remember a little while ago someone was talking to me and saying well my friend has mental health which I thought was a really well, I'm not sure if that's the noun or the verb but you don't say to some my friend has headache my friend is bad news. <laughs> <laughs> right? it's such a weird, strange way to describe that unless you're a Native American <laughs> you know. um, so taking care of your brain and your heart is as important as taking care of your body I mean they work hand in hand actually mm-hmm. um, so good practices the more you can do good things have a look at your destiny room talk about stuff that's tra- troubling you write some things down, take care of yourself physically, Mm. the easier it will be to keep that room clear and then also find the spaces where there's stuff stored that you might want to get out and look through. Mm. I mean, you're talking about emotional and mental clutter and turning the noise down. Mm. So tuning out, we all have unhelpful thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think... I'm just thinking from the point of view from a person that's just just struggling, just lost, just feels completely hopeless Mm. and I think the message I want to say to that person is like you can start literally right now, like how we mentioned earlier, don't have that unattainable goal. As that you will only be happy or perfect when you get there, but just know that this journey, like you can switch this on now. If you're listening to this now, um, you know you can kind of just make that little pact with yourself in your mind and go right. I'm going to try that today, or I'm going to try that tomorrow. Try something different. Just try, yeah. Try something different, and know, you know, no matter what is going on in my life, I've started to kind of. Get my own back and put my foot on that ladder, and you know, because that's what it's all about. Like, it's it's having that friend inside you that you can kind of not always rely on because you know a lot of the times we're shit to ourselves, but that that friend inside that you just know that you're helping and it's helping you along and make friends with yourself. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, we're always searching for we search searching for something or the next thing to make us happy mm. when you know happiness that it's true comes from within now that's not to say that there are people and experiences that you know there are people and experiences that can bring you happiness mm. but you need to find a way to manifest you know that and yourself um in a more simpler, holistic, spiritual way mm-hmm. um, that is devoid of all the noise and the, the noise and the distractions. Mm-hmm. And that starts with making friends with yourself, mm-hmm. accepting yourself, knowing how to love yourself, and that you are enough, mm-hmm. that I am okay, that things, you know, I can be okay.
0: Are you Are you happy?
1: Yeah. I'm... I'm yes. I am... I practice gratitude so on days where I'm like oh this didn't work or I haven't got that I try to remember the things that are in my immediate sea of life that are really healthy and lovely and focus on them and I know when I'm succeeding that because I have good dreams about those things
0: Mm. I wanted to ask you that just because it's such a general question and you know it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people but um you know like you know you have struggles in life yeah but you are you know quote unquote happy and i think you know for me that happiness is just being okay with yourself
1: yes that, that that's the thing there are things that have happened to me and there are things going in the world you know the war in ukraine that are deeply troubling um being happy doesn't mean that everything that you think and feel and everything you experience is great. Mm-hmm. It's about being content with where you are, focusing on um, gratitude and acceptance and loving yourself um, and being friends with yourself and acknowledging that there are some crap things in one's life. Could be physical, could be mental, it could be problems with illness in the family, it could be heartache, it could be career problems. Those are always going to be there. Um, but it's accepting that because those things are bad, it doesn't mean that everything is bad. And it, mm-hmm. because you've had this experience, it doesn't mean that everything is tainted or needs to be tainted by that. Mm-hmm. separate the two. You spoke earlier about, I mean, we are talking about the problems that you sent when you were younger in the world, looking at all the horrors in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, in order to meet things in order to do the, what we can very little we can in order to help ourselves and others and the horrendous things in the world because this is the thing it's, it's not like, like denying there's terrible things of course there is mm. but doing small things everyday acts of kindness to yourself and other people can make all the difference mm. you know the ripple effect the butterfly effect and depending on what you believe and there's a book by Joe Dispenza um, Becoming Supernatural he talks about good the good practices—what happens in your brain and your body chemically and neurologically yeah. when you're happy and content, when you practice meditation, when you live—you make good decisions and healthy decisions. What happens in your brain, mm-hmm. and how much? You know, we talk about cortisol. We talk about dopamine. Mm-hmm. But, but rather just on a chemical level, he actually talks about <laughs> called the quantum level, and that quantum physics is about. Like unknown space that you can actually shape. So you know, people talk about good things. Good things happen if you're good to people. You create your own future. You create your own destiny. Mm. Um, you know, the more positive you are, the more positive thing, the more positive thing happens. You manifest good mm. things. You know, I subscribe to that to a degree. Yeah. I mean, that that that. At the same time. You, you, same thing, it's not appropriate to then say well if bad things happen to bad people you've created that it's not mm. as simplistic and black and white as that Yeah. but I think small things can start a chain of good responses and and, and just have good interactions with people mm. you don't know the positive effect that you might have on someone in a day in a small way that can then have a positive effect for something else something else something else
0: well look at having a negative effect on someone oh, you know yeah. like one thing said to someone in their childhood at school about the way they look or you know something about whatever Absolutely. about them um, can stay with them for the rest of their lives
1: practicing good yeah practicing good language and kindness mm. practicing patience you know i get irate when i'm in the car because i'm late and the traffic's not good and that person's driving well I don't know what's going on in their life that day. Mm. They may just receive some bad news. Um, they may be feeling unwell. Mm. They might be frustrated or distracted. I don't know.
0: Mm. And um, you can't control And you can't that.
1: control any of that. No. No. Um, you, all we have control of is how we respond to things emotionally. And we obviously can control what you eat and the time you get up. But in terms of external things that will come in and out of your life, you, you have control your control, your autonomy, your utility is about how you respond emotionally to stuff, mm. um, and it's trying as often as we can to respond with patience and compassion. Um, and I think the more that we work on ourselves, and the more that we're friends with self, the less we need everything to be great externally. Mm. You know, there is
0: there is an expectation as well that's that burdens a lot of people you know i i had it definitely i had the expectation that because i wasn't a certain way Mm. or i wasn't a certain uh financial level um that i wasn't there Mm. you know and therefore that kind of has a a ripple effect and a knock-on effect with everything else that i do because i can't enjoy where i am now because that is yeah, yeah we're searching scary. for the next thing yeah. yeah
1: I mean part of the, mm. the, the reason that I I'm grateful I'm grateful to be able to make money from the creative things I do but I had to develop myself to be able to make the most of that mm. I wasn't ready for it 15 20 years ago mm. you know, I became ready for it as I worked on myself um, and the more that I've stepped away from the pursuit of what society tells me I should have mm-hmm. you know how we mark success how much money I've got how popular I am uh, the career ladder I'm climbing the more I've worked on my friends and my relationships my honesty with people the, the better I feel and the more fulfilling I feel from the from the love and and the connection I get from those people, the better relationships mm. I have, which allows me to be a better version of myself, which it actually allows me to do better in my career and actually make more money, but it starts with the people. The, the, the driving thing for me is always about connection, and communication mm. with people, and that, that improves everything else. Mm. It's Just what it's- I bring into my lessons with the students.
0: So, take me through. Um, let's talk about your creative side, um, the photography, being a musician, you're a drummer. Um, like, for me, that side of me, my creativity and my passion for music, has that's almost something that's carried me through my tough moments yes. in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, because if you're if you're working at something and it's not quite working, but you're passionate about it, you know you can kind of you've got that extra boost. Yes. Because you know it's something that you love. Yeah. You know. So tell me about your journey with um, being creative and like why you chose. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about going to gigs and capturing those moments and you know. But what was it about your passion that has made you make a career in it and be quite successful with it and
1: um, well I, I was just I guess at the gigs I used to go to the bands it was everything felt so honest mm. and real there was no pretense it was real so you've got I mean I keep thinking about the gigs at Fireflame it used to be the Apple Tree here in Worcester you know five people all sweaty loud and you know making a the music creating this noise this energy in the room people watching having a drink letting go of the inhibitions it's honest mm-hmm. it felt visceral it felt real mm-hmm. there was no pretense everything was on show the mistakes in the in the performance the blood the sweat the tears it's mm-hmm. all there I was that's what really drew me to it um, and I just found I mean you, you know they've done analysis of the brain of what happens when we listen to music. Mm. There's quite amazing things that happen in the brain, but it just felt so exciting for me. This world of of, of tone and colour. Um, I used to, when I was a kid, I'd, I'd get a new CD, buying CDs all the time, I'd listen to a song, and I just had to ring a friend and go, "Listen to this." Mm. So it allowed me to to express, to to feel safe in that space. That's the thing, it's an honest, safe space. Mm -hmm. Found a home there, I found like-minded people there. Um, So why would I not want to do that? Why would I never, why would I, why would I stop doing that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I carried on doing that. And then the photography is also, I mean, you know, there are elements of the corporate work I do that aren't entrenched in that honesty and connected but mm-hmm. but i still enjoy it because i bring my personality to it mm-hmm. and in any opportunity on a shoot i'll always talk to people on a on like this level mm-hmm. and i enjoy that mm-hmm. but the music and the weddings is you know it's full of emotion so it's mm-hmm. the it's the honesty i think that's really that really me to that it's kind of an interesting sense to me yeah it's an interesting
0: uh like, it's interesting listening to you from, from your point of view because, like, you know, you've just mentioned two kind of separate careers there, really, like musician and uh, photographer, yeah. you know. They're both kind of in the creative realm. Yeah. But they are different, you know.
1: But um, it can be exhausting. I mean, there are days when I've edited and then I'm focusing and I'm trying to do a bit of music creation. I'm writing the Arboretum and the band I've just started playing with. I'm writing a backing for them. Yeah. And I, my brain's just like, I can't, I just... I need to just sit and watch Rick and Morty. I can't do any more. Yeah, yeah. But sorry I interrupted
0: No, no, um, I've often found, because I've jumped into different careers and different, you know, different, like, I do a lot of uh, web design and stuff as well, um, which, you know, if, if you'd have asked me, like when I was 18, I would have never have said that that's what I'd be into. But i found just myself as a creative person it's kind of me at the center and then all of these things that i can do all of yes. the skills around me yeah. you know and it's almost like uh, the way you were describing it then it's kind of not exactly your identity like joe the photographer joe the musician but it's joe and i can do all of this yes stuff yeah. as well. this is
1: how i express and communicate and connect yeah
0: and it's it's just a, it's just a really interesting kind of place to be because obviously there's a lot of people out there just chasing that career goal well, what is it
1: yeah what is it that's you know. driving you know, what? what is it where, where is your incentive what are you getting out of this mm. I mean it, people I was talking to a friend who was in Australia and he was like climb, you know promotion climbing the ladder he's doing really well he's a lovely guy very he knows it's like well I'm climbing the ladder professionally doing good at my job where's the end there mm. What well, I was wanting get to the top so what is it you're trying to fulfil Like, what is, what is it you're chasing there what's the feeling you get is it the affirmation? Is it is it confirmation that you are okay or enough in that job? Obviously people can love that it's not I'm not you know people can love and be really good at their jobs and it's really important not, not berating that mm-hmm. just knowing what's driving you. Um what's what is it about it, what is it that's giving you mm-hmm. um and why is it giving you that mm-hmm. and Is it a healthy thing is it an honest thing Mm. um or not and if it isn't and it's hard to make you know different career choices and Mm.
0: i think for for me um you know i've been in i've been in jobs that i've really not enjoyed before and you do feel quite stuck in that role, and you do feel...
1: Well, they want, I mean, society wants, they want, Yeah. capitalism wants you to stay in that role and keep doing that Yeah, job.
0: yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, I'm in a, a really kind of positive position at the moment that I've managed to somehow, not with like, uh, this, is, this is what I want my life to be set up like, but, you know, I've got a load of things that I can do that I am active in now. Mm. And if I lost one of them, yeah. I wouldn't feel any loss of self-worth, right, there
1: you, go. Yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. I would feel, yeah, I'd probably feel the financial hit, you know, and I'd feel a bit, I don't know, annoyed or whatever with myself, but I wouldn't feel any, like myself is degraded yes. from losing some part of it, you know. Because I, it's almost like I've got this feeling that I will be okay, You know, I I can be okay in whatever role I'm kind of put in. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if if that's just born out of like being a creative person or necessity or you know. um,
1: Well, maybe because you become more comfortable in yourself, and that you'll know that giving a challenge or a change, you'll find something else that makes you work because you're okay, Mm. and you don't have control of that. That ends do the next thing I mean I I, I know that part of my approach to drumming especially when performing is about me showcasing to people that I am good enough and that I am a good musician and look at me and this I did okay Affirmate, I'm looking for affirmation mm-hmm. and that isn't healthy or serving mm-hmm. um, and sometimes when I play live I'm trying so hard to do so good. I end up doing I talked about this a little while ago on Facebook. Mm. I overplay and I over try, I'm not relaxed, I'm not in the moment, I'm not grounded, not playing do you, for my job. I think
0: that's because the the thought of the people that are you're playing with is maybe like, you know, you're seeing these other drummers around or Yeah, like the bar has been raised yes. so you need to meet the bar. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and isn't that quite healthy?
1: Um, I think yes, so it's important to not be complacent, but also comparing yourself to others isn't particularly healthy. Compare yourself with who you were yesterday, Jordan Peace and talk to this. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his, but some of his stuff he says is, is is worthwhile. Compare yourself with who you were yesterday. So am I better than I was yesterday? Mm. Have I learned something today? Did I do something something better? Mm. It doesn't have to be big, it could be small if the answer yes then you're, you're winning mm-hmm. um, you know there are always people that are going to be better than you as skill or not as good at you at skill but they're mm-hmm. all on individual journeys mm-hmm. and it is isn't the competition and also a skill set my people have asked me to be in balance with them and it isn't just because of my playing, I think it's also because of, hopefully, me as a person. Mm. You know, I don't want to be a great drummer and a freaking asshole. I do not want to do that? I don't want to be a great photographer and a dickhead when I'm doing it, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you've got to... It, so it's about what you bring as a whole as mm. well. Um, but I am still working on that with mm. the playing. I, I'm still... That is still there and I'm still trying to address it and keep myself It's, it's heart,
0: interesting, it, isn't, isn't it? Because it's just made me think of a time when because i'm a musician myself and you know i've been in in and out of bands for years and years and um i've had a couple of auditions in the past with bands where one was for us to be a singer and um you know it was kind of singing someone else's songs so it's a bit weird anyway but i had to learn them and um I went to the audition. So learning
1: some of the lyrics and songs written by someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was just a bit weird. So maybe that
0: triggered me that my heart and soul wasn't into it anyway, yeah. you know. And I came out thinking, yeah, you did, you did good there, like you know. Did you? I did best? my best, exactly. And the feedback I got was, you can't sing. Oh.
1: Right.
0: Um. You can't sing you know so not like this isn't right but actually your
1: skill set is no good you can't sing
0: and then fast forward a few years and I had you know I was in a band and I'd written my own songs and we were you know doing okay and we were in magazines and stuff and the, the magazine reviews were like This guy sounds like Chris Cornell from Soundgarden,
1: (laughs) which is the opposite of can't sing. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's it's almost like.
1: So you probably took? Did you? I mean, we tend to take our criticisms. We listen to the critique more than we listen to the positive feedback. So I bet you really. I mean, anybody would take that. Yeah. To heart. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because
0: I didn't believe the criticism. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, that's good. Um. I just knew that because my heart wasn't into it like I knew I could sing I, but I knew I could sing my songs you know so
1: but you so you understood why you might not have sung as best as you could because of what you were yeah. asking so you but I you did, it then. nationalised it yeah I
0: did give it my my best in that audition but um, I just think I, I'm coming what I'm coming back to because obviously your point is like you know the the comparison and the trying to um, set a certain level. I've almost got this weird confidence with myself in as a musician. Where if I'm doing my own thing, <clears throat> I can bring the source. Like I, I'm cool with where I'm at. Like I'm not the greatest guitarist in the world. I'm not the greatest singer in the world. But if it's a project that I'm working on, I know where my place is.
1: Right.
0: You know. And so you
1: know where your strengths at. You know yeah. where you shine. You know where you feel comfortable. You know where you can where that energy is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean that's it's the same about being in the right relationships with the right people, mm-hmm. shine with the right people. Yeah. Um I mean just to go back a few steps, in terms of comparison, it's always good to be to find a mentor, someone that you are really enthused and motivated by. Mm-hmm. But you know, be careful with whose advice you take on board and who you, who you select. Mm-hmm you can't take it also everyone's advice you can't be every singer and good for every single band yeah it just sounds like in that circumstance it, so those lyrics and that song sung and written by that guy well, was mm-hmm. right for you yeah
0: yeah and it's interesting isn't it because we often go through life trying to please everyone yeah cool. and you know whenever we do get any criticism we take it so bad um, and I don't know why I didn't in that instance but um, that's are, good, how old are you? probably
1: 21, 22 see that's, I mean, I, that's good. you're good, in good shape emotionally there to handle that mm-hmm. in a mature way
0: was <laughs> a bit of a mess but yeah I don't know why that didn't it pretty, probably did bother me at the time but I just knew I, I knew what I had to give I knew my role within. Well, you probably saw the
1: truth, you saw the truth in it.
0: Yeah. Like, music to me is like what you were saying it's that honesty, it's that rawness. And when I play my music, you know, I can't play like Eric Clapton on guitar, but I can play like me on guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of understand my place.
1: Well, Keith Moon used to sound the best Keith Moon drummer there is, which is such a great. (laughs) Yeah. scripts yeah. yeah knowing your place and knowing what you have to bring mm. I mean you know the, the greatest fans in the world are not necessarily the greatest musicians nah. I mean Nirvana yeah. and Kurt Cobain would destroy Kelly's voice from over singing in the studio yeah. continuously Dave Bohm is an amazing drummer he's not the best drum in the world mm. right um, arguably <laughs> so like there's all the different levels but it's what you what you can bring to the game Mm. What does Marcus bring to this game? Mm. What does anybody bring to the game? And it isn't just about. I'm not employed just because I take good photos or do good drums. Yeah. If I was a dickhead, then probably people want to hang out with me. Yeah. And sometimes I am a dickhead. Yeah. You know, and I have to ch- change my behaviour. So
0: it's weird, isn't it? Because it's it's almost like a language that we speak um, with music or creativity, anything yeah. creative, and that's why you get bucked over a different photographer or a different drummer because you bring a different flavour. Yeah. You know.
1: And that's why bands work. That's why manufactured bands can't work. The reason that the most successful bands in history, you know, the Kinks, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, uh, the Beatles, the different elements worked together. Mm -hmm. Radiohead, one of my greatest, favourite bands, Phil Solway is a terrible drummer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a terrible drummer. But a different drummer wouldn't work in that outfit mm-hmm. that's he, he that's what they need he's needed so it's about the elements of what you bring together that, that, that create the whole mm-hmm. musically mm-hmm. um and i know some of the bands just listed up it just mentioned some of the musicians are at the top of their game mm-hmm. but it's not like that for every band I mean, ringo's continuously critiqued being a crap drummer. i mean i actually mm-hmm. don't think he is but i think he's good but it worked for what was needed. If yeah. he had all those, the energies were at the same level and the skillset, they mm-hmm. probably wouldn't come together and be as coercive as it was. Yeah, I think so was. When,
0: you, when you listen to the songs, it's it almost, like when you listen to the Beatles songs, right, it almost frustrates me a little bit that he didn't do something a certain way. Oh, you
1: listen, when you think that, when yeah. you listen to Yeah, well, but
0: then you think, well, it wouldn't be the Beatles. Well, no, it wouldn't then. You know, because you'd just have a normal drummer doing a floor 4 beat over, you know, I don't know and also
1: when you when you we are constantly exchanging engaging energies so the other members of the Beatles you know George Harrison would have heard Ringo play and then responded in a certain way you know, the, the band that I'm playing with, one of my old band, Esther Band, playing on the. I don't know when this is going out, but playing tomorrow.
0: It's a on Monday. Okay, so we do. Too
1: late. <laughs> so we're playing a gig tomorrow. Um, the, we've talked about and been asked about what it is that's good about the way we write and play. And to a degree, I don't want to overanalyse it because it just is. But neither of us we all play in our very individual ways and it works collectively if if any of any one of us is replaced by another musician at whatever level they were it wouldn't work at all mm-hmm. it can only work in the way that we enjoy it and that feels right and is enriching and, and tremendous fun with the three elements that we bring as individuals mm-hmm. and we make mistakes um, we mess up the, but that's part of what what it is and I think that's you know, that's what we need to remember that we have to bring when we're struggling with our mental health. I haven't got this. I need to be able to do this. I wish I was this. Mm-hmm. The we, the woods, the, the the what ifs, the why nots the I coulds mm-hmm. Do you feel um, do
0: you feel a lot of imposter syndrome with being a muso uh, or being a photographer?
1: Mm, so I I mean, there's, there are times when I go out and shoots and go, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But I lean into myself and go, I'll find a way to make this work in the best way that I can. Mm. And also, what are my clients' expectations? Do I feel I can't make it work because I've got this idea that it's beyond my capabilities that they can't even see? If so, let go of that. But do the best you can in situations. I have been in situations where lights and things didn't work. I'm like, I need to find a way to make, make this work. I need to stay calm. We'll get it done. And I did. I've shot weddings in the rain, mm. you know. Um, music, I'm playing live, I'm making mistakes, I'm like, it's fine, just calm down. Last night the gig, the backing track failed, mm-hmm. and and my click went out of time in my headphones, and I said, we need to stop, we need to play without a click. I'm not in charge of that, mm-hmm. I'm not in charge of what happened with the backing track or the click, but I now need to ground myself, stay calm, and do the best I can as a situation, because... I am performing, but I'm not on show. It's not like I'm here and I need to be judged on this because mm-hmm. that's not my fault. If yeah. I turned up at the gig, however, chip faced late, with my broken drumsticks and my snare drum untuned, well, those are things that I can work on and improve because mm-hmm. those are in my control. Yeah. Right? So it's about that, that balance. What can I do to make the most of this? What mm-hmm. can I control? What can I take care of? what car I take out of. That's setting yourself up to win, almost. Exactly. And then coming back to the mental health, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, and we all struggle. And some of us have had tremendous difficulties, awful experiences. But if we can make, try and make little healthy, compassionate decisions each day to get a good night's sleep, to just have a five-minute conversation with person to go for a walk, you're giving yourself opportunities. You're turning up for yourself. You're showing up for yourself, giving yourself a chance to move forward and heal and grow and feel better mm-hmm. and taking responsibility for that as well. Um, you know, you talked about victimization a lot. Being in a minute, staying a victim, and some of us are victimized and we have been a victim, but you, you hear about people who've suffered tremendous oppression and trauma and they talk about not being a victim because when we stay as a victim we it doesn't require us to take responsibility for anything including change because it's every it's the external environment or someone else's or some other situation's fault Mm. as soon as you stop being a victim and empower yourself go what do i need to do this is awful that happened to me this experience is killing me Mm. this is terrible i have no control over this but Mm. what can i do Myself to just feel a little bit better and make some steps to change some things. It's like in the uh, <clears throat> Mark Manson book. Um, um, I can't remember. Yeah,
0: I can't remember the uh, the title of it. Um, but he says, um, you know, someone leaves a baby on your doorstep. It's not um, it's not your fault, but it's fucking your responsibility. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. fucking baby, <laughs> like you know, and that's. I think it's being. It's been handed to you, it's been given to yeah, you. Yeah. I, I think being. has a baby in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cute. It on your <laughs> Is that one of these uh, radio buttons? We've got <laughs> <laughs> some sounds.
1: That's the baby you've got to go now take out. Oh, of shit. That's a universe you, know, just, just
0: manifested a baby yeah. on the doorstep. Um, yeah, I, I think being a victim, I was a victim, and I still probably have traits of that these days, yeah. um, but it was. You know, I went I went through hard shit. I went through trauma. Yeah. I went through We've talked about times. it and
1: it's 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 fucking awful.
0: Yeah. It's part
1: but of my friendship. Being the victim traps me there. It does. It keeps it keeps you in that space. Mm-hmm. And also the way, you know, the feeling of anxiety of being the victim of feeling sad, of feeling depressed, being anxious, all these things. Those things become can be addictive. Mm. They can they can be familiar and comforting. Oh yeah. You get used to feeling that way. Yeah. But it isn't healthy and it won't allow you to grow. No. But we get really used, to, I used to. I used to sit when I was young, sit in that feeling. Yeah. Because I was like, I know this. Yeah. I know yeah, yeah. this feeling.
0: Well, that's a, that's a really good point because I think I mentioned this on on another episode where um, I felt even though I was. Like at my darkest moments, suicidal. Mm. I felt the drama, and I felt the story that was weaving, and I felt the romance in that. Like it was almost, Roma, yeah. yeah, it was almost yes. like a yeah in this victim mode. I was like the hero in the story. Well, you are, yeah. you're
1: the main character. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and it, it perpetuated it. You know, I want to die because of this that's happened to me, which you know was a thing that happened, but. Also, what would they think if I? It was almost like the, the the thought of doing it was outweighing the what had happened to me. Yeah. And it just elevated it. And well, elevated I'll take my it. life
1: and, and look what you've done and look what's happened. Yeah. And you'll be sorry. Sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. You are romanticising. You're the the main character in that. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people probably are trapped in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Both me and you right now aren't denying that bad shit happens to people. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. You know
0: we can empathise with people, and it's it's not about. And worse
1: than I, far worse than I've experienced. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's not about forgetting and forgiving those things that have happened. Like, you feel you you know you, you have symptoms of that trauma. You're going through that now, and but. Being the victim, no matter what that looks like to you and why you should validate being the victim, I should be the victim because of course I went through all of this shit, I'm gonna feel like this. But holding on to that and romanticizing it like it keeps you, keeps fixed.
1: you into that yeah. space and you cannot move. No. You, you can't. can't move forward. And then you know, you're you're actually you're almost celebrating if someone is if you've experienced awful if you've had enough experience or trauma that's been placed on you, or um, there's a perpetrator, another person involved, you stay in that space, you're almost, you're you're still giving them, what's the right way to look for here? You're, the the best way to go no to them is to move beyond what they've done to you, and then you're you you almost you're, you're pushing fully back. Does that make sense? Mm. So having someone rule over you emotionally and have live them rent free in your head, so to speak, mm. that's the phrase. Yeah, it's still giving them power over you. That's the word i was looking mm. for. You take that power away when you empower yourself. Yeah, you go no more, and they do not they do not decide for you anymore. This is not going to govern me anymore. Mm. This is you're, not who I am. I mean, you're incredibly empowering.
0: You're pointing at, you know, there's almost like a, a narcissism kind of person there that's controlling you and that's yes. feeding from your vulnerability and that's yes. feeding from your, uh, you know, they've bewildered you with
1: whether they're alive or not and they're alive yeah. again or not. They're still in your head, yeah, yeah. still in your. And
0: you are right that giving someone your power in that way giving them that space in your mind mm. that rent free space yeah. you know that's going to keep you trapped there yeah. and you've got to kick those fuckers out yeah. they've got to move yeah. you know they've got no place in your mind anymore yeah. because once you've moved beyond that you know it might be a slow process it might take a couple of years to kind of really fully get them out of the door but once you've moved past that there's there's more space and more time for yourself and your growth and you know
1: and also, I mean, the rent free thing, if they're living in your house rent free, they might move out, move down the road, right? Mm-hmm. And you choose when you see them. So, there are people in my life that I past relationships and stuff that, you know, there's still a part of me that grieves and mourns that, mm-hmm. but I decide if and when or I ever think about them. Um, and I recognise that there are other things in my life that are more important than giving me joy. Mm-hmm. So, then they're down the road, but I decide. When I see them, mm, I'm really in to that. Because I, yeah, and I, you know, I'm still working on that idea and that kind of metaphor. That's um, something I've been thinking about a lot recently, but that, I think a lot of that's about acceptance. Because if you try and get rid of something completely, mm-hmm. you might be setting yourself up for failure. You, that might be too hard. But, I know I but I keeping feel, them at bay.
0: Yeah, I often feel like that getting rid of something completely is just building that brick wall and yeah. letting it bulge and it's there, the pressure's still yeah. there but moving them down the road is almost yeah. like spreading it out yeah, like a yeah, Lego, yeah. you know, it's kind of like...
1: And who knows? And then there might be in the next street and then there might be in the next cul-de-sac, town, city, yeah. country further and further away. Mm. Um, you know... But all these things shape us as well you know the whole, the whole thing about the 10-year plan is total crap because if you're doing that if you're working on yourself and you're living and breathing and living heartedly, you'll be a different person in 10 years so who knows what you will want in 10 years or where you'll be yeah what expenses you've had um who you've been introduced to the relationships you've had the challenges you've had that make you feel think differently about what you need what you want and what you could contribute to the world mm. so um it's it's going with that flow but you've always got yourself on the journey so you've got to be friends with yourself because you're in it with yourself for the for the duration for the whole journey for the whole ride um
0: yeah well thanks for that mate (laughs) so we're going to wrap this one up with um i kind of well i want you as joe to give your younger self, mm. some advice. Good question.
1: And I've done this. Yeah. Done this in therapy, and I've done it in my own head.
0: And hopefully, the people that are listening can kind of get in your younger self's shoes and, um, you know, listen to this advice from that perspective. And hopefully, it can shed some light on things that they're going through themselves. Mm. So, yeah.
1: Well, to my younger self, I would have said that you are okay, you're loved. Um, and you're enough. And, and and basically that's it. And from that place, when you can feel that and understand that and know that, because it's one thing to know something, but it's another to feel it. When you feel that, that's where you can grow from there. And who knows what direction that could be. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we talk about, and we read about and hear about people that have suffered the most awful things and then their whole life changes and they end up being in a career or a path that completely is altered mm. because they grew out of a place of acceptance and love mm. and, and strength and empowerment mm. so that's what I would say to myself so just on that point
0: if young Joe heard that would young Joe have done the things that you've done in your life and taken the same path, and would you be as self-aware and as grateful as? Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like, would it would, would that it change, advice right? have changed your yeah. trajectory, your no, direction? And
1: yeah, because no one, I didn't really feel that. off I wasn't. If I was told those things by my parents, so maybe I didn't feel it or understand it enough or believe it. Maybe I'd leave it in myself um if I'd been told that would I have been because this is the thing I'm grateful for being able to do what I do and being at the level of proficiency that I am with the things that I do for myself but that's so much of that has been born out of challenges when I was young mm-hmm. So if I didn't have them, where would I be mm-hmm. So I don't know whether I don't know how useful it would be to kind of, Analyze or think about that. And in answer to the question truthfully, I don't know. I mm. don't know because I have thought about. I mean, the biggest thing for me that was affected, in, and it's still now, is my romantic relationships. Mm. You know, um, I'm 46. I mean, I don't have any children. I've married. never been married. I mean, that you know, mm. most people my age are. I do mm. I don't worry about it. I don't it doesn't form part of where I am it's not like I critique and operate myself it just is mm-hmm. but sometimes I wonder if I'd received that message to myself when I was younger mm-hmm. maybe that would be different I think yeah. that might have been different
0: it's really interesting
1: yeah but there's no way of ever knowing mm-hmm. and I try to with the time and the space that I have I try and use fill the space with healthy things mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the reason that I'm now training and do some training and a volunteer with the Children's Society because there is a time in my life where I, I want to be of service and give something back mm. without any, you know, monetary value. Yeah. Because it's tremendous. There is tremendous sense of, of, of um, mm. fulfilment and satisfaction in just giving kindness to someone unconditionally if you help someone in some small way and i know that now yeah so i'm trying to feed that more,
0: so. awesome well it's been an honor to talk to you <laughs> thanks very much uh, yeah, it's been great yeah it's been it's been lovely to just open up and just sit here and shoot the shit and yeah you know um, yeah absolutely um so yeah it's an honor to know you it's an honor to speak to you in this way and to have oh, another man, man in this you know in this era talk so openly and mm. honestly and yeah i and, think
1: men this is the thing i want to engage with more men on this mm-hmm. just what I just want to add another thing as well for the men that might think we have this idea about how we should be you know we're talking about gender conditioning here how we need to be in order to be attractive to be um successful in relationships and be desired The more vulnerable, the more open, engaged, and in touch with self I am, the more attention that I've had Mm. romantically from people. Mm. Now, how those relationships have played out is a different story, but it serves me, Mm. you know. I am more more attractive in that way, because I'm more honest, so.
0: Just to follow on from that, then. There's gonna be guys out there that are thinking, well, You've not. You're not married, and you haven't got kids. And I am, and you know, yeah. I have been married myself, and I have a child, and I am grateful for that relationship. And you know, that is no longer a relationship. Um, but again, it, well, it's and... It's no longer in a in a box as a relationship. Yeah. You know, we do still have that connection. Um, because you have a child. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we just. You know. We're emotionally mature people that can talk to each other Um, there's probably those guys out there sitting there thinking yeah but I've got this and I've got this but you know I think to answer those guys because I know they'll probably be thinking that is you know are you completely being your true authentic self to Mm. you and the fact that you're sitting in front of me you've never been married you don't have kids
1: but Which makes being, my life easier, of course.
0: Well, you're being true and authentic to yourself. It's not like you haven't no.
1: tried, but... No, it's not like I, I'm avoiding... It's just that's, yeah, that's not Yeah, it's like the guys that are sitting there happily married, I
0: I do envy you because that's, you know, that's a thing yeah. that I've always... I love fantasy. I'm to yeah, local, exactly, you know, yeah. Exactly, but also it doesn't mean that Joe has failed. no it I means thought. that Joe's no. just I'm making the most
1: of what I have exactly. here yeah. I went to see a friend the other day um, a really good friend of mine one of his daughters somehow wow and the daughter is, is struggling a bit he's he's you know he's like this is tough <laughs> right Yeah. of course it freaking is I don't know what it's like to be a parent yeah. i like to have an idea about what children need I don't know what it's like to be a parent Um he's making the most of that yeah. he's living the good and, and the challenging yeah. and on that day yesterday I saw him he was like this is tough
0: oh it's fucking hard
1: yeah but yeah. he loves his children yeah. unconditionally yeah. so um, and I would say to people who are stuck I want to make changes you're not completely most some people are in a really desperate situation for a lot of us we're not helpless and it might mean it might just need you to shift something slightly mm. to start making changes slight changes slight improvements you know um play an hour or less on a computer a day <laughs> and go for a walk yeah do you know what i mean mm. like so think small change or half an hour or less mm. you know those things so cool anyway <laughs> is that
0: is that the final one now are we i uh, think so yeah. That up? Yeah. I yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah cool we well thank you for this today mate you know, yeah, I'll probably see you tomorrow at some yeah. point <laughs> <laughs> come to the game. yeah yeah yeah, the game. yeah but uh, yeah thanks for that I'm sure everyone listening's probably got something from it so uh, yeah, yeah actually, appreciate yeah. that get
1: in touch you, yeah cool thanks